0: Hello you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I'm your host, Angel, with this week's Indie Creator Spotlight. And this week I had an opportunity to sit with David Whalen, a creator for Corrected Handed Comics. Uh, We had a really great conversation on his intro to comics, how we decided to get into comics, um, and his advice for getting into comics. So have a listen, have a go, hope you like, and we'll see you at the end. David. Hello. Hey. Hey, Angel. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. I was just about to
1: ask if you can hear me okay, but clearly you can because you're answering all my questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am. It's it's, uh, nice to finally meet you.
1: Nice to meet you also. I've never used this recording device. I always love it when I get to use a new uh, recording device for podcasts.
0: Oh, yeah. I've tried a a dozen of them and, and this one just seems to be like the easiest, especially like cross-platform where people don't have to download anything or install anything because it's, it's just crazy awesome technology's awesome. all over the place but uh how you doing
1: good how are you thanks for having me on i appreciate it
0: yeah yeah no worries so just you know keep it nonchalant and you know just have a nice conversation so um you know the way that i like to run things i just i primarily ask three questions and then from there whatever you want to talk about we could talk about just to kind of get you know things going so um uh- most importantly, how did you discover the world of comics?
1: Um, Wow, that's a big question. Um, So as a kid, I loved to draw, and I loved superheroes, watching cartoons and all Super Friends and all that stuff. And um, I think that I made my way to a shop that my brother, my older brother, used to buy uh, baseball cards, and he had a coin collection. And they had a a little shelf right at the very bottom of the shelf, kind of tucked in the corner, of uh, Mighty Mouse and uh, Archie and stuff like that and I started reading it and I grabbed the, each of them were like five cents so I grabbed five or six of them and before I knew it a week later I had bought out his entire collection of everything he had and uh, um, from there started really looking out to uh, find uh, different kind of things discovered superheroes fairly quickly after that um, and every uh, every week or so I'd walk down to the Circle K and I'd buy Superman and Spider-Man and Captain America and it just and it kept going for like that for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, was, you know, it's funny because you didn't even mention your birthday or anything, and you just gave <laughs> yourself with Nickel Comics, and as soon as you said, super fan cartoons on Saturday mornings, yep. because I, I, I'm there with you. Yep. Uh, that was that was probably, like, my favorite, like, day out of the week was just oh, yeah. Saturday morning from, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. All the way to the afternoon. That's the only time that I actually own the TV in the house.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the super Saturday morning. Kids don't know what they're missing with Saturday morning cartoons these days. Mm-hmm. And I could even go back further and say things like Hong Kong Phooey and things like that i I love those kind of stuff yeah i'm I'm an old man (laughs) Uh,
0: no yeah i loved when he used to jump into the fog cabin on the top come at the bottom it was fantastic (laughs) it was was, Um, that was when that was when superheroing was superheroing wasn't it yeah well you know what it's if we go back and it's a lot of nonsense really Mm -hmm. and and we just loved it so much and i think that's a lot of the stuff that i kind of miss in comics today oh yeah um so and and it's funny because you know when we're younger, we all gravitated to primarily the big two because they were the most popular sure. growing up, and the indie scene wasn't as popular or as popular as it is today. I mean, mm-hmm. the indie scene has just kind of exploded um, with you know the ease of being able to to publish work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, when was your first like introduction to sort of like the indie scene?
1: That's a great question. I would have to say, um, in the area that I grew up in, there wasn't a really big comic book community. Um, this was probably in the uh, um, mid '80s when I started really getting into buying comics to the point where my parents were yelling at me a little bit, like stop spending your money on all these comic books. And um, and it was until it was until the '90s when Image came out and I started seeing like really paying attention to other other companies, like you said, besides the big two um and started seeing uh some other things like that and and kind of um you know with the image stuff there wasn't a, I read most of it but I wouldn't say I bought most of it does that make sense i uh, saw a lot of that stuff and by then i was by then i was in my teens um and starting to kind of formulate my own ideas of what kind of stories i wanted to tell what kind of of characters i wanted to create um and it was good stuff that you know uh, but i wanted to um, dig a little deeper, and that's in the same kind of area of when they started doing, um, like the Ed O'Neill uh, Green Lantern, Green mm-hmm. Arrow runs, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. DC started getting and Marvel also started getting a little deeper, um, started to dig a little deeper with what with like the takes on society and things like that, um, and I really really enjoyed that stuff. Um, you know, funny stuff was always uh, good for me. Also, I love the old Mad magazines and Cracked. And yep. i would flip through those and see all the parody stuff that they had um and really started to to form an opinion on uh, what kind of stories that i wanted to tell while uh, while making serious um uh talking serious things about society but also injecting as much humor in it as i possibly could
0: cool yeah awesome yeah i mean every time i talk to people about when they were like introduced to independent mm-hmm. comics image definitely it it comes up all the time it's just i mean those those early 90s when they exploded onto the scene and Mm -hmm. you know those seven guys walked away from the big two and decided to create their own company um and it was probably like the most extreme art Mm -hmm. of that time and it it was just so different from anything else that was out there and that was that was actually my reintroduction to comics again because Mm -hmm. you know as as i at a younger age i was actually borrowing other people's comics Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have access to comics myself, mm-hmm. and I'd be borrowing whatever I could. So I never had a complete story of anything. <laughs> so I knew a little bit about everything because I could just yeah. you know, get my hands it. But mm-hmm. as soon as you know it rolled around, I was somewhere in probably late high school, almost getting ready to get out of high school, mm-hmm. and uh, I had my own job, and I tell everybody all the time, the very first comic book that I ever bought with my own hard-earned money was a dollar ninety five number one spawn by Todd nice. McFarlane, good. and I still have it to this day. Oh
1: yeah, good investment. Good investment. Yeah, good which job. is which is
0: insane. So and then you know <laughs> it, it took off from there, and and I think when we say independent comics, I include like all basic. I mean, because if you if you say Image now, mm. it, it's 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 a huge house yeah. i would call it now the big three instead of just the big two yeah. but the fact that they're still creator owned and they right. you know take independent art, uh, creators and bring them into the fold yeah. and allow them to own their own work we, we still keep them in that category oh, but yeah. for the most part it's 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 more smaller publishers that have you know smaller distribution chains or, or smaller mm-hmm. circulation of you know independent comics that we look at but oh, yeah. yeah i, I mean the, the market's exploded all right so cool so we got when you discovered comics and kind of almost when you decided that you wanted to create comics. So give me a little bit more of that. When did that happen?
1: Yeah, I've always know. I've always um, been a creator. Uh, you know, r- writing things down, drawing things. It was always art for me first. I was always the weird kid that would draw all over his homework and get yelled at for having uh, um, cartoon characters all over my math homework. Um, and it was probably I was probably the kid that would you know all my friends were like, hey, let's make a. Comic. I was like, let's make a comic book, and they'd get two or three pages in and they'd give up, and then I'd have forty more pages done. I'm like I finished <laughs> our comic book, and they're like, our comic book, you. The whole thing like well you guys stopped rolling so um it was really early on in elementary school that i knew that it was something that i really wanted to do creating characters i can still remember some of the characters that i created you know for like i said 40 years ago um back in the day in elementary school and then, as I yeah, as I as I grew, uh, just trying to um, come up with stories and ideas of things that I'd never seen before, things that I wanted to see from either heroes or those archetype heroes like Superman, Batman, that kind of stuff, or mm-hmm. coming up with characters um, that I had never that I had never seen in an actual comic book before.
0: Nice. All right. So then what were some of your influences for your art style, writing style?
1: Yeah, I'd say Dan Jurgens was a big influence on me growing up, a Superman writer, artist. He, you know, Mm -hmm. clearly he's the guy that killed off Superman. And I'm sure there are a lot of people my age that uh, feel the same way. But he was really the first one where I started really paying attention to if I want to draw comics, I better learn how to write as well. Mm -hmm. Not just Mm -hmm. write comics. But write, you know, not just draw comics, but be able to draw. So it was about this time that I started taking and I give my parents full credit, even though they were yelling at me for spending so much money on comic books. They were also the ones who said who realized that it was something that I wanted to do. And I started taking uh, classes at the local annex where they had nude figure drawing. And I was 14, 15 years old at the time.
0: Huh. So it was, that must have been fun.
1: It, it was an interesting situation <laughs> being 14, 15 years old, surrounded by not only much older um, artists, people, um, most of them were just, you know, older people who just wanted to kind of get out of the house, and, and this was a fun way to be able to, you know, move and create and all that kind of stuff. But not right. only being surrounded by much older people, but also um, having somebody that didn't have their clothes on in front of me—that was right. as a 14-year-old. My parents could have easily said, "No, you're not doing that." But realized that it was right away something that I was really passionate about, and wasn't just, you know, a, a, a teenager looking to look at naked people. It was, a, it was a real serious thing that I was doing. So I, I give them, and I still, to this day, and I think that's uh, partially credited to my parents, uh, not just my love of doing it, but I still take, go down to um, certain places where I know I can get some figure drawing classes in from time to time, even after doing it for, for 40 some odd years. So um, so it was those kinds of situations where I knew that, that I needed to branch out and start reading and drawing as many different things as I possibly could.
0: Nice. Well, you sound like you have some pretty cool parents. Yeah, they did all right. Yeah, because that's, that's a really good opportunity there. And I think, you know, for anybody who's listening, especially if you're looking at, you know, really getting into the, the drawing aspect, the art aspect of it, life drawing is probably the most, nice. I think that the best tool that you can utilize to mm-hmm. really hone in on on understanding the human figure, mm-hmm. understanding motion, yeah. dynamic, you know, movement, um yeah. if you have an opportunity to do it do it because i mean you can even sit in the park and just people watch and draw that way as well because that's life drawing
1: oh yeah um, and it's not you can't just uh, copy from the drawing that you see on the comic book because one you know everybody says an art you copy from the copy you're going to exaggerate the, the even if they're tiny mistakes in the comic yes. book you're going to exaggerate those mistakes and not everybody in a comic book should be this huge burly superman Type or this, you know, really sexy Wonder Woman type, you know, woman. They, though, they, there are different kind of bodies, and to be able to go out and to be able to draw all this different kind of bodies, I would sit at the mall, is what I would do, and I yeah. would, uh, and I would find as many different kinds of of figures and bodies as I could, and I'd try to get them down real fast as they fast as they walk past eating their their uh, pretzels from Auntie M's.
0: Yeah, the drawing <laughs> from real life is, is- oh yeah. Um, 40 years into it. Um, and, and what are you doing now? holding on. Uh, I read a little bit of your bio. Some, I know that you went to high school, mm-hmm. and you're doing some teaching in art as well. Mm-hmm. So, how how is all of that culminating into what you're creating? Let everybody know what you're creating, what it is that you're doing.
1: Yeah. So, I've been an art teacher now for gosh, 15 years or so, and I'd say
0: wow. probably about. And it was it was you know trying to.
1: Uh, trying to reconcile the two of creating creating my own stories, my own characters, but also doing the day job of of working with um, uh, kids so about ten years ago, I started uh, realizing that I was ready to start to create my own stuff. I was ready to start to to write my own stuff and get it out there as much as I possibly you know or get it out uh, there for other people to see so about 10 years ago, I um, started with some really small press companies. Some of them don't even exist anymore and exactly. just started like really getting comfortable with my style and really getting comfortable with the speed that I'd have to put this stuff out and and while not uh, why not sacrificing quality um, and really, really trying to get to know the, the business and publishing and all that. And I'd say about six years ago, um, I um, realized that I was ready to put the story together that I'd had for 30 years. So I started putting together the my ongoing series, The Offspring, okay. and The Offspring is an action thriller. I'm on uh, about to publish issue 16. Wow! Um, so I'm so I'm getting I'm getting through it fairly well. Um, okay. I've got a, a great color for the most part, with uh, the exception of a couple colorists here and there. It's been pretty much me uh, doing everything. I've I've had a great group of editors who have kind of kind of take you know, one issue here, one issue there. Um one person who was with me for four or five issues who had some personal things he had to drop out. And a new this new editor for issue sixteen has given me great notes and great insights of things that I wasn't quite seeing or little things that I could add into. It's been um a really great experience. My colorist that I've had for the last three issues, Chris McAuley, his he has worked with Boom Studios, with Marvel um he's worked with uh, disney he did some uh some concept designs for uh, mandalorian uh okay. and he has been working with uh, the bram stoker universe dracula um, doing some really wow. awesome stuff. He called me up probably about okay. six yep. or seven months ago and he just happened across my page and said, Hey, what do you need? I really like what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. And I said, well, I, I could really use a colorist to kind of ease the pressure off of me a little bit. And he goes done, let's do it. So, um, he, he has been so far coloring issues, 14, 15 and 16, uh, which is actually a time travel story. The first one of this, of this, uh, in this ongoing series of many to become in the future. Um, uh, where they travel back into the Civil War, so nice. he has uh, really brought a good, a great amount of depth and a great amount of gravitas to these characters with his colors, um, and it's given me a chance to be able to really focus on the characterization, really focus on the pencils and the inks and the lettering to really, really hone it in. So the the offspring is the the one that I've you know always wanted to create, and it is a story about three young adults who were abused as children. Uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, and they are taken out of their homes uh, by uh, children's services, and they are brought together in an orphanage. It's essentially an orphanage. It's an alternative school uh, that they stay in. It's like camp, but school. And they come to realize that they, um, all three of them, as they got closer and closer to each other, uh, physically and mentally, they started to develop these powers, Hmm. Um, and they don't know why, they don't know how it's happening, but they realize that the three of them are very connected, and as the story goes on the more they get connected the more, uh, the more things around them start to go haywire uh, start to go a little crazy with monsters and, and just weird things happening to them, so as the story progresses, these monsters and these demons and these godlike creatures start to really, really infiltrate their lives, and they're trying to figure out why these characters are honing in on just them and come to realize that, um as these stories progress, that they're not supposed to be three of them, they're supposed to be four of them hmm. and they're missing one of their one of their friends who they have met in the past, but through through the the gods that are are manipulating them, they had forgotten about her so now we're at the search for this missing fourth member of their group, um and as they find this fourth member of their group, their powers start to just just overload to the point where they can't they don't know if they can handle it um so that's where we really are at the story trying to figure out why these demons and gods are after them why these powers are increasing in them um and what they need to do to be able to uh control them
0: nice yeah you've got a lot in there sounds great all right so you're 16 issues in Mm -hmm. Do you have an ending in sight? It doesn't have to be a specific mm-hmm. issue number, but do you do you know how the story ends? I I do. Um,
1: I've had the story ending for about twenty five years now. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going for fifty. I've got it all plotted out. Fifty wow. issues. Um, so 50 issues is where I'm going to end it, and I think it's a good round number to be able to end. I think it's enough to be able to tell the story, um, uh, the, the overall story while having those character stories inside of um, those individual stories inside of to help the characters um, grow and change um, and give them really uh, character-driven uh, moments that I think are, are obviously super, super important. Um, but the overall story arc is going to take me 50 issues, and like I said, I'm about to uh, put out issue
0: 16 in the next couple weeks. Excellent. All right. So you're doing the art. Mm -hmm. You're writing it. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're penciling and inking. Yes. um, And you have a colorist and then you're working with an editor. Uh, Yes. Yep. All right. Cool. So you've got all that in play, which, you know, for most creators, you know, it's hard. I I think when you have someone who is an artist with a writer that's, you know, he's not written the work or they've not written the work, uh, there has to be a really good. Oh, yeah share and, and a level, level of trust between the writer and the artist. artist. Uh, but you can you do, do it all, it kind of just, just, you know, whatever yeah. your creative juices are just kicking in, you can just, you know, rip it out. So you're, are you releasing yeah. monthly issues, bi-weekly, bi-monthly? <laughs> What what's your schedule
1: usually? Yeah, I can usually get an issue out every two months. Sometimes it goes a little bit longer than that. If I have a a story where maybe I usually try to keep it at 24 to 23 pages, Um, but this last issue, issue 16, it was more about like 28, 29. So we needed just a little bit more time. So it's been about a month and it'll be from beginning to end about a month and a half. I'm sorry, about two and a half months, excuse me. Um, So uh, I can usually get it out about a month. I have some of the other things that I put out, one shots, uh, things like that, where I try to do just a a 24-page story, black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, I can usually get those out in about a month. Um, So I've had four of those black and white 24 page one shots um, that are different genres, different characters, uh, an enclosed story, but still an opening enough. If those characters start to become a little popular and people want to see more of those characters, um, to be able to open up those stories and those characters a little bit more.
0: Okay, so that's uh, that's, so how many stories are we looking at right now in total?
1: I have four one shots. Nice. Um, the first is called Shady Lady, and it's a black and white noir thriller, um, okay. kind of like in the vein of like. And again, I'm going to age myself here. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen like Frank, and Frank Sinatra Suddenly, or um, or any no. really uh, um, Rearview Mirror. I'm sorry, uh, Rear Window. Excuse me, Rear Window with um, Alfred Hitchcock movie. With okay, Jimmy okay. Stewart. It's yep. kind of in that same vein, but with a contemporary. Uh, twist with a contemporary, really grounded in contemporary things that are happening in our society today. The next one I had was a a superhero. I wanted to do a superhero because it's just a flat out superhero story called I Won't Stop. Uh, And it's more of a uh, psychological look at a superhero who has decided because of tragedy, has decided to completely forget about any kind of real life other than um other than just being a superhero. Right. So it's it's really I think it's like a, um uh, developing the the how a superhero psyche can get completely destroyed by tragedies that they see every single day. Hmm. Um hmm. then okay. I have the fourth one I have is um a f- more fun it's a little bit more lighthearted called Will Aliens Do My Homework. Okay, And it is really, quite honestly, the, the beginning of this story happened. I was walking around my classroom and I had third graders and they were all drawing and we were talking, listening to music and having a good time. And, and I thought in my brain, what would, hap- what would I do right now if aliens attacked? Nice, so by the end of the day i had I had it all plotted out the ha- outline and everything and and uh, um, added a whole bunch of little inside jokes for any teachers that might read it uh, saying that's that's how kids are in the classroom like like uh, I' actually had an interview uh, where the interviewer was a teacher, and they had read well and it's do my homework and they they he said he laughed through the entire thing because it was <laughs> such a other than the aliens attacking it was such a, a true uh depiction of how students and teachers have to interact with each other. Then the, the last one I just had, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Cause you're mentioning a lot of things that, you know, comics should do and they should enlist it a, a response, mm-hmm. whether it, you know, any type of emotion, whether it's going to be, you know, they're going to burst out laughing or they're going to cuss out loud. Whenever I read something and, 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 and a combination of the art and or the writing elicits a response to me, then they've done their job. Yeah. And I think comics are great that way because it's not just about, you know, us using our imagination, but Mm -hmm. it's that connection to the story or or relating to the story that allows us to be able to elicit those responses. So that's pretty cool that you mentioned
1: that. Yeah, 100%. And then I have one more uh, one shot that really just came out a couple of months ago called uh, The Sock Killer. Uh, and that one I co-wrote with a friend of mine, uh, Paul Dolsky from the uh, Everything Horror podcast. Okay. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, Everything Horror. Um, and he, I, I kind of came to him with this. I had like a, a kind of loose idea of what I wanted to do with this character, and we talked for about ten minutes. And by the time we got off the phone, we had a full twenty-four page comic book. Wow. So I sat down and wrote it. And quite honestly, it's it's uh, it's everything that you would uh, you would want from like an eighties horror like a uh, Freddy Krueger, um, Mike Myers, those kind yes, of yes. slasher flicks. Um, but again, with kind of like a, it's, it's called the sock hop killer. So there's fifties, 1950s type elements to it, but gotcha. still kind of has a contemporary twist, a contemporary turn on it that I think is again, a, a, a kind of like my love letter to those kind of horror slasher flicks, but done in a different way, using, using things that people haven't seen before.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. So you, so now we've gotten to the point where you're you're creating content. Now, how do you get your content out to people?
1: Yeah. So um, I do most of my communicating, uh, social media through Facebook. So correct handed comics at correct handed comics on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and my um, LinkedIn account is all the same. Uh, the same name: correct underscore handed. Uh, and then you can find me on TikTok at correct underscore handed. Also, so I'm uh, trying to uh, to get out there to get uh, as much information out there as I possibly can, and those social media sites are amazing. You can always find me on uh, my website, correcthandedcomics.com Also,
0: cool. So, all right. So, are you doing digital copies only, or a combination of digital and physical? Digital
1: and physical. I'm doing most of my stuff through Amazon. Right okay. now. So if you uh, – if someone just goes to Amazon.com and and looks up Correct Handed Comics or David Whalen or the title The Offspring, um, I'll pop up. I'm about to, believe it or not. Uh, on Wednesday is my uh, omnibus for issues 1 through 13. So i am c- collected all first 13 issues, what I'm calling season 1 of uh, wow. my ongoing okay. series the offspring and that comes out in one big omnibus collecting everything with some extra special added stuff in there also to to make it a little bit different than the individual books um, but that comes out on wednesday in both print and digital and i'm super excited about it
0: nice all right so have other the, avenues the, what the crowdfunding the campaign, campaign, campaign scene level? at all
1: I've never really done any crowdfunding. An I've looked, yeah, I've looked into it. I mean, I- any way to be able to get new eyes on your book on your product is is always a good thing. Um, I think when I originally started, my idea was I'm just going to try to make as much content as I can to be able to start off with. Since it was really just me, um, I didn't right. really need. Right any kickstarter crowdfunding or anything like that um as i get more into it and i you know 16 issues of an ongoing series a four page mini series 100 plus page graphic novel four one shots in and in a novel that i wrote i'm mm-hmm. starting to to realize now that oh boy i better probably to be able to do some uh crowdfunding would get even more eyes onto all this um, before I get maybe a little bit too much content to where it's hard to be able to have people find one thing to be able to focus on. So um, even though I have not done crowdfunding in the past, um, I think that 2001, uh, um, 2022 is probably the time where I'm going to start to be able to get those different eyeballs onto my work and be able to get some crowdfunding going.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it it might be crucial. I mean, as far as, you know, anyone who's looking to get into this business, business, I'll tell you right now, you're never going to be a millionaire unless you work like a thousand years years, or just, you know, hit the luck of the pot where you you get a billion eyes on your work and they just absolutely love it. Um, And one of the things that most people don't, you know, factor in is the financial responsibility of this. And and, and it doesn't have to be just, you know, hiring uh, outside talent. Your own time is worth money. Mm -hmm. So the you know the amount of time that you're taking to create things is either taking uh you know time away from other things, time away from your family, um, mm-hmm. and then how do you, you know, factor that in financially? Yeah. And uh, you know some some people work that in you know with crowdfunding because that kind of compensates either for you know outside talent to come in, um, yeah. it compensates you know. You know, helping with printing costs, um, mm-hmm. which are really key, um, and a number of other things as well. So, yeah, the fact that you're growing is is tremendous. Oh, yeah. And I was just wondering if you were thinking about that next level of, you know, how do I distribute to even more people? Mm-hmm. And how do I keep it, keep myself in sort of the black and not the red, um, exactly. which is. You know, it's more popular. Mm-hmm. And I think content that there, there is, um, as much as there are a number of publishers, there's even more small, small. There a lack of, you know, funds, uh, a lack I'm, of, you know, business acumen, uh, a lack of talent that's not coming through. And you know, you've worked with people that you know have not been able to to continue forward. There's so many roadblocks, and I commend you for you know doing a chunk of that stuff yourself. Um. But, yeah that, it's that second it's stage a, that second level, level mm-hmm. um, of, of being able to push out to more distribution have you given that more thought
1: yes definitely um, you know all the trying to get you like your your um, books in the uh, being advertised in place like diamond publishing and things like that trying mm-hmm. to get them into as many different uh, comic book shops as possible um, that can be that can be really tricky it has been for me I'm in a very rural area in upstate New okay. York so uh, uh, I would say that there are three comic book. Uh, shops all within a mile, oh, excuse me, all within uh, an hour of me in different directions.
0: Oh, so. <laughs> what? so literally an hour you have to travel to a comic yeah, store.
1: Yep. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so it so it's it's kind of been difficult to be able to find those different avenues to be able to actually get physical books in the shop. When I do, it goes well. Yes. Um, but, you know, with a day job and with two children and with all, you know, responsibilities, yep. yep. I can't drive up and down the East Coast throwing books into comic book shops. So um, there's other different avenues that I'm going to be looking in in the next year or so. Like I said, I, my, my content is, is growing and I'm not stopping creating more content content. Uh, my next, my next, uh, after I get issue 16 done of the offspring mm-hmm. and then start on issue 17, uh, while I'm continuing to do the offspring, I want to get three more issues out before the end of this year. I'm going to start on my second, uh, 100 page graphic novel, uh, which wow. is kind of like a futuristic uh cloning project type thing that is actually inspired by my little brother, I say little brother, he's thirty six okay. um, <laughs> but but inspired by my little brother's uh youngest son who is a spitfire, um and I saw we were on a family vacation and he was running around with a water gun, just like splashing every screaming and having the best time of his life. I'm like that kid is a superhero, and within. Again, 10 minutes of of looking at this kid running around, I had a story and an idea and and a plot and a a concept to be able to really ground it in something that was um, was a very socially um, aware kind of thing that I wanted, the story that I wanted to tell. All right, so just really
0: quickly, so for anybody who's up and coming, a new creator who's looking to start their own project, what advice would you give them?
1: I would say just do it, you know, don't worry about trying to have the most perfect style. Don't worry about um, finding the most perfect writer. You know, if you have a story and you want to tell it, um, nothing's stopping you from doing it but yourself. So I've seen so many people who, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah, you can just put it down on paper. You know, it doesn't need to be um, the the most incredible story that's ever been told in the history of stories. Um, if you have something that you care about and you want to and you want to show other people, write it down, draw it down, get it down. Um, Don't let anything stop you. The only thing stopping you is, is your own um, maybe confidence level, but you get that by doing, not by thinking about it. So um, once you start doing it and you start to realize, Oh, I can do this. It's not perfect, but it'll, you know, but it's starting to become what you want it to become. And that's definitely where I was when I first started, you know, really, really, Started the offspring. I had the story. I had the characters. I knew what I wanted to do It was just my level of now I'm gonna do it and I had 16 issues into it I'm doing it and still publishing other things as well. So, um, it's a uh, time management And it's the love of wanting to get it down If you get two pages into it and you put it down and you never look at it again It means you weren't really want you didn't really want to create a comic book.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 No, absolutely yeah. Uh, So awesome. All right. Um, anything else you want, uh, these amazing fans to know about you or your creations?
1: Uh, yeah, you can find everything that I create on correcthandedcomics.com with links to uh, all the books, print and digital. You can find me on Facebook at correcthandedcomics. Comics. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok, correct underscore uh, And I've only just begun. I have so many stories. I'm going to be an, uh, an even older man before I stop, and I probably won't even stop then.
0: <laughs> awesome got to find all this information in the links as well uh, and details. Uh, David, listen, thank you so much for your time. Um, It was a pleasure to talk to you. I wish you nothing but the best because you sound like you have some really great things going on and a ton of passion. So, guys, go check them out. Give them some indie love and and some support out there as well. Thank you, you, Angel, for
1: giving me a chance to be able to be on the show. I really appreciate people like you who uh, try to get the word out and support indie comics.
0: Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure we'll talk on the road as well. You got it. All right, be well, my friend. Thank you, you too. All right, bye-bye. All right, so that was David Whalen of Corrected Handed Comics. Uh, Definitely give him a visit, visit his site, and show some indie love and support and see what he's got going on over there. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, As always, you know, we'll we'll bring you as many creators as possible. If you'd like to be on the podcast, uh, visit AmazingActionComics.com slash podcast. Fill out the form. We'll get in contact and uh, we'll get you on the show. Um, uh, just a couple of quick announcements before we head out. Uh, as always, we have a Kickstarter. Um, still going on until August 31st. Uh, the Drunkard Out of Space by creator Jeffrey Scott. Really great, great book. 56 pages, magazine size. If you're an EC archives, you know, Lovecraft kind of fan, horror fan, this book is right up your alley. Uh, just visit us at AmazingActionComics.com uh, to see the details on there. Um, and show uh, Jeffrey uh, some love and support there. Alright, until next time, as always, be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing.